Chapter 12 The Lady of Allybrook Kiana couldn't run, but she was doing her best. The fire poker slammed into wood with every swinging step, but her eyes were fixed ahead as sweat poured down her back. She'd found the poker beside her bed, atop a scrawled note from Tannis. Gone to train, use this. Undoubtedly, it had been intended as one of her sister's terrible jokes. If Tannis saw her now, she'd be horrified. Then again, she'd avoided seeing Kiana since they'd arrived here, much like she'd avoided her sister back in Celestia. If she'd been around last night, Kiana wouldn't have been so bold, sat in the music room with the twins, asking question after question about the Lady of Allybrook, Ollinger's incoming guest. Kiana wouldn't have lain in bed, distracting herself from pain by forming an idea. She wouldn't have headed straight to the music room that morning, dragging her body past fatigue and agony, to stare at the courtyard until she saw the gates dragged open and a carriage roll through. She wouldn't have been racing, by her standards, to meet that same guest, determined to prove herself invaluable, despite the fact that she should definitely still be in bed. So, it was all Tannis's fault, really. She couldn't remember the exact route to the entrance hall, but she knew it was near the music room, and the windows of this hall looked out on heather fields, so there was only one direction it could really be. She lumbered down another hallway, this one without windows, her legs screaming with every step. A part of her did want to stop. Her breathing laboured, tears pricked her eyes. She was too slow. She'd do more damage, and it would all be for nothing. No, not for nothing. Because if Kiana could prove her worth, then Tannis would save the witches, and Kiana would be healed. Damage would mean nothing then. Gritting her teeth, Kiana forced herself on until she turned a corner to find an arched door and bundled her cumbersome body through it. Pulling up, she leaned against the wall and took a few gulping breaths. Curving staircases, a warmly lit gallery above, and a gleaming diamond-patterned floor. She'd made it. As she lifted a sleeve to wipe her forehead, pressing heavily on the fire poker, the towering doors to the hall groaned open. To her horror, Timothy stepped inside first, shaking her hair of snowflakes. Kiana tried to wipe the sweat from her face with her sleeve as the second figure entered letting the doors clang shut behind her. A part of Kiana immediately regretted her decision. The rest watched greedily, as Lady Aitana pushed back her hood and smiled, black eyes roving over the entrance hall. What are you doing out of bed? Kiana blinked to find Timothy darting towards her, and managed a sheepish smile. But her attention shot back to the lady now watching them curiously. Timothy grabbed her arm, squeezing gently, and no mysterious stranger would have been enough to stop Kiana's heart skipping at the touch. One day, she'd bump into Timothy when she wasn't a sweaty mess. I was looking for the library, to start my reading. Timothy shook her head, 
looking from the fire poker to Kiana's trembling legs. Gwyneth could have brought you some books, or she could have found me. The temptation to sink back into herself was strong, but Kiana was in too much pain to risk this excursion being fruitless. Sucking in a quick breath, she pushed off the wall and stood straight. Leaning all her weight on the fire poker, she knew she didn't entirely mask her grimace, but she forced it aside with a smile. I'm fine, she said. Timothy frowned. The click of heeled boots was followed by a soft voice and the overpowering scent of a flowery perfume. You must be Kiana. When Kiana met Lady Aitana's full gaze, she was able to hold it for a second before she found she had to look away. Her eyes were so dark and her face so pale that she looked strangely out of place in the glow of the entrance hall. Her smile was warm and wide, but it did nothing to light the relentless darkness of that gaze. Her stomach lurched uncomfortably. She couldn't decide if her already knowing Kiana's name was flattering or concerning. I heard about your accident. I admire your willingness to work despite this setback. Kiana shot a wary look towards the twin, wondering if the smirking Timothy of her arrival had returned. Instead, Timothy grinned, shrugging. She looked almost bashful. I shall be sure to spread the word that Lord Ollinger's cousin hurt herself right after she arrived for her visit. There was laughter in Lady Aitana's voice, but it wasn't mocking. Kiana chanced a quick glance while she unwrapped herself from her winter layers. There will be much talk of you in Allybrook as a result. We are a small town, inconsequential really, but I will do all I can to make sure talk of you reaches Celestia before the big event. For the sake of the mission. Their mission. Kiana shot a look at the doors, again fearing Tannis's abrupt arrival on the scene. But maybe Tannis already knew about this visitor. Maybe that had been what had upset her the night before, and the others had simply misunderstood. To make our story more convincing, Kiana ventured. Timothy sighed, loudly. You need to sit down. Come on. The library is just through here. Torn, Kiana shifted her weight to follow the twin because her grip was insistent, and Kiana's legs did feel like they'd give way any moment. But she'd barely had a chance to make an impression on this woman, and she doubted she'd get another. She glanced back, opened her mouth to say something, but the lady got there first. Let me, she said. Timothy halted. Lady Aitana folded her black cloak, draping it over her arm. She was dressed in a strange white suit that was not the fashion in Celestia. Around the high collar hung a silver chain with a pendant that caught Kiana's eye. The symbol looked familiar. A simple line etching. Like a tree or a flame. Timothy, you mentioned Lord Ollinger wishes to discuss something with you regarding your future. My meeting with him can wait. I would like to spend some time with this young lady. We can explore the library together and wait until you are finished. Kiana cast Timothy a quick look. As the twin had already seen her in this state, she'd prefer she hung around. Not that she was comfortable with Timothy yet, but she was at least a bit familiar. 
The twins stared at Aitana without blinking for a long moment. Then she nodded, shot a quick smile at Kiana, and strode away without another word. Kiana stared after her, hands immediately clammy. But she'd wanted this. She'd be fine on her own. She jumped at Lady Aitana's cool touch on her arm. Apologies. The journey here was bitterly cold. I fear winter is in my blood now. Come, she said, gaze dropping to the fire poker with a frown. And I shall be sure to insist Riper furnishes you with a proper walking cane. At that, Kiana's cheeks blushed a furious red. Stepping into the library dissolved any lingering awkwardness between them. Kiana hovered in the doorway, forgetting the searing pain in her knee for a moment of wonder. The walls were covered in bookcases, full to bursting with books. They were so tall that there were wheeled ladders placed about the room to reach the ones on the highest shelves. At the centre of the room were four desks, each lit by a gas lamp, and furnished with parchment and ink. Two wide windows poured light onto plush armchairs. On the opposite wall, a fire roared, casting it all in an inviting orange glow. Lady Aitana's hand gently pressed her shoulder. Please, make yourself comfortable. The last few steps to one of the cushioned chairs were the hardest of the day, and not even the comforting smell of old pages was enough to spare her the agony of finally sitting. She couldn't help her hissed breath as she stretched her bad leg before her, couldn't help squeezing her eyes tight as it throbbed furiously. Lady Aitana left her to her discomfort. Eventually, Kiana opened her eyes and sat straight. She was used to this pain. She knew how to handle it. The library was located at the back of the estate, and Kiana could see a dark strip of ocean in the distance, with darker clouds bubbling up over it. Closer was another courtyard, mostly hidden beneath snow, but she could make out the frosted top of a pond, and the occasional yellow flower poking its head from beneath the white, the same flowers Timothy had given her. Smiling, fighting her pain with contentment, Kiana folded her hands in her lap and looked to Lady Aitana. The lady stared into the fire, her unblemished white face glowing in the light. It is such a comfort to imagine servants scurrying around while you sleep, keeping these fires lit. Kiana cleared her throat. You must be used to it. I am, she said, turning away from the flames. But that does not mean I do not appreciate their efforts. Kiana's gaze fell to her lap as she thought of Nan. She'd never called Nan a servant. The older woman was a companion, family. Now she wondered. Didn't Nan light her fires? Cook her meals? Do Tannis's bidding? Had Kiana ever truly appreciated it? There'd be so much to apologise for when she saw Nan again. Until then, Kiana had to make this moment and every moment count. So, you wish to save the witches? Those words shot through Kiana like a lightning bolt. She gasped. Yes. This was exactly what she'd hoped for when she'd forced herself out of bed. 
Lady Aitana turned from her excitement to scan the bookshelves. She ran long, pale fingers across spines, occasionally pulling a book out only to shake her head and move on to another. But what do you know of them? Kiana racked her brain. She'd tried to learn all she could about the witches from her tutors, from the books Tannis bought her. It was hard in the guarded state, for the Guardian had books about them burned, so all that remained were the whispered stories Tannis heard in the bowels, then repeated to her sister. Kiana clasped her hands in her lap. I... I know they fell from the sky one thousand years ago and created the civilised world. I know the five different powers. Fireforger, Winterweaver, Stonesplitter, Tideturner and Windwalker. And that throughout history, they each were responsible for many wondrous creations, as well as miracles of healing and bountiful harvests. I know... Very little, it seems. Kiana cut off abruptly, warmth rushing to her cheeks. Lady Aitana's voice didn't change, but when she turned, she had two books in her arms, and her smile had vanished. If they fell from the sky, she said, walking towards Kiana. What did they fall from? Her stare was unblinking, and Kiana squirmed beneath it. Everybody knew the answer, yet something told Kiana that the answer would not suffice. She lifted her chin anyway. They fell from the stars, and were protected by the moonstone. The lady ducked her head, and when she looked up her smile was full once more. Arching an eyebrow, she asked, And what do you know of the stars? What is the moonstone? Kiana could do nothing but stare. What did anybody know of the stars, of the magic they sung through the night sky? They were the realm of divine beings, not to be deciphered by ordinary people. And none could get close to the moonstone to investigate. The Guardian and the Bitter Sea made sure of that. So, you do not know where they came from, and I imagine you believe they created this land of Christnos. Kiana opened her mouth to speak, but Lady Aitana spoke over her. In fact, Christnos was a civilised land long before their coming. Not very advanced, perhaps, but it was a land of culture and a very different faith. That faith was crushed and replaced. It is true that the witch is healed, but why so rarely? How many did they leave to die? Yes, they would occasionally reward a simple farmer with a bountiful harvest, but is that truly divinity if they only did so in return for absolute devotion? With each word the warmth drained from the room. Kiana sank into her chair, her eyes wide and her stomach churning. They deserved it, she stammered, because they were our divine beings that... Should any creature, divine or otherwise, be owed unwavering faith, regardless of any calamities they might have caused? Calamities? Lady Aitana kept coming, and even when she stopped beside Kiana's chair, her words didn't relent. It is true Starbloods were honoured during their tyranny, but what of Redbloods like you and me? Tyranny? Redbloods? 
Kiana wanted to defend the witches, to remind this woman of their mutual mission. But the words caught in her throat. She was completely blindsided. Perhaps Lady Aitana saw the panic in her eyes, the flutter in her hands, for her own expression softened. She knelt beside Kiana's chair with a waft of her flowery perfume, placing the books on the small table beside them. I apologise, said Lady Aitana. Perhaps I have been too blunt. The sudden softness, the abrupt relenting in terrible words, had Kiana leaning closer, desperately gripping the arm of the chair. I thought you wanted to save them. The lady's still cold hand came to rest atop Kiana's, who shivered and looked away. Her gaze fell on the familiar silver pendant at Lady Aitana's throat. I do want to save them. The Guardian must be stopped, and the witches are the answer. Still, we must remember what they are capable of. We do not wish to swap one tyrant for another. And the witches are individuals. They are not one and the same, nor did they always align in their... approach. We should save them, but perhaps we should not worship them. Kiana could think of nothing to say to that. A cool finger tipped up her chin until she had no choice but to meet dark eyes once more. Lady Aitana smiled. You know, you remind me of an old friend. She suffered from an affliction like yours, but was stronger than us all. Do not fret. Our mission is a just one, as you will come to learn. For now, I recommend reading these. She nodded towards the books she'd selected. I am sure they will be... enlightening. More to free herself from Lady Aitana's touch than anything, Kiana glanced at the books. Usually, being assigned reading would have filled her with joy, but a trickle of dread oozed down her spine. The door swung open. Kiana and the lady both swivelled to find Nemetra standing in the doorway. The twin froze, staring back at them a walking cane clutched in their hands. Their eye settled on Lady Aitana, who stood and smiled. Namitra, she said, brightly. It has been too long. The twins stepped into the room, jerking their head towards the door. The message was clear. Kiana's eyebrows disappeared into her hair as she watched the lady's expression stiffen. The fire popped. Loudly. No part of Nemetra was welcoming. The person that had rushed to help Kiana the day before was as frosty as the winter outside. Then Lady Aitana laughed. Oh, Mitra, your charm is unique. She turned back to Kiana, swamping her in a cloud of perfume again as she tapped a nail against the books. This one holds tales of the Windwalker. I assume that will be of particular interest, seeing as she is your sister's mother. Kiana reeled. Before she could begin to absorb what she'd just heard, Lady Aitana strode past Nemetra and out of the room. Jaw hanging open, Kiana flicked her gaze to the twin. Nemetra hovered, still clutching the cane awkwardly and avoiding Kiana's eye. What did she mean? Kiana asked. Nemetra hesitated, 
before sighing loudly and stomping closer, holding the cane between them. They wouldn't look at Kiana directly. Take this. The fire poker left holes in the floor. Oh, said Kiana, cheeks burning as she accepted the finely polished cane. Duty done, Nemitra turned on their heel and all but ran back to the door. Wait, Kiana cried. The twin rocked onto their heels, holding the doorframe with one hand, not looking back. Was that true? Her heart pounded. It was unimaginable. To think Tannis wasn't just descendant, but daughter of a witch. The things Tannis could do with such undiluted power. The witches she could save. The mother she could have. Kiana thought of her own mother, the one they'd shared that had died when they were young. I don't know what else she said to you, but that part was true, said Nemitra, their voice a whisper. Kiana dropped her head back over the chair, thought spinning. Does Tannis know? She does. The door eased closed, so all she could hear was the crackle of wood in the fireplace. She stared at the ceiling, blinking slowly, breathing slower. Tannis knew, and she still didn't want to save the witches? Shaking her head, Kiana cast a dark look towards the books Lady Aitana had selected. The woman had been kind, but she mustn't have known how her words stung. Kiana shouldn't read these books. She should focus on the task Lord Ollinger had given her. But Tales of the Windwalker? She couldn't resist. Making herself comfortable, she pulled the first book onto her lap and began to read.